Hello and welcome to University Challenged with me, your host, Tony Kent. What options do you have when you know you're ready to enter the world of work, but the education system is not designed with this in mind? My guest, Harry Bryars, was already using his skills as a copywriter and web developer to earn an income before he sat his GCSEs. By the age of 18, he'd established himself as a talented marketing professional, moved into his first flat and put into action a plan that would see him fulfilling his ambition to move to London. In our conversation, Harry shares how his aptitude for spotting patterns and desire to seek out interesting experiences and people has led to him being debt-free and established in his chosen career at an age when others are just graduating. He also talks about the life lessons it's vital to get under your belt early on and what educators could do to fill this gap. Hello, Harry. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm very excited that you have agreed to join me on University Challenged because I saw a post you put on LinkedIn about your career story and I thought I definitely wanted to be able to share that with the people that listen to the podcast. Awesome. Yeah, super excited. Okay, so I know a little bit about you, but for the listeners today and the listeners to come, could you share your full name and what it is that you do today? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So my name is Harry Bryars. I work at a company called Dent Reality. I've got quite a broad remit there. So essentially, I look after all of the customer operations and all of the mapping. So I guess a little bit of background about what we do, which will make mapping make more sense is that we are an indoor mapping platform. We essentially allow retailers to map their spaces and provide a really amazing experience to their shoppers and customers. So for example, say you're shopping at a grocery store, we can help customers find all of the items in the shopping list and hopefully discover new items along their way, make retail stores much more accessible, loads of interesting things like that. Brilliant. Um, now, you are, if uh, is it okay for me to ask you to share how old you are? Yeah, I just turned 22. Brilliant. Because the career that you have now is one that perhaps not many 22-year-olds would have. And I think it's kind of connected to what happened to you at 16. So I wonder if you could share your experiences of secondary school. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my sort of core memory of secondary school and all of school really is that I didn't particularly enjoy it. I was never really the sort of person that just enjoyed being taught a a prescriptive curriculum that was the same for everyone. You know, I had things that I was very passionate about and things that I didn't care at all about. And yeah, at school, you you get some choice about what subjects you learn, but within those subjects, it's not like you can pick a particular area or really um, have too much input over what it is that you're learning. So yeah, I, I never really liked school that much. And I always knew from quite a young age that I didn't want to go to university. I didn't think that it was the best use of my time. And obviously coming up to 16, you then start choosing, okay, am I going to go to sixth form, college? Am I going to get an apprenticeship? What are you going to do? And for me, knowing that I didn't ever want to go to university, spending an extra two years in some form of education almost felt like a little bit of a waste. Typically, yeah. that process is teeing you up to eventually go on to go to university or to some sort of further education or something like that. So I left school at 16. I got a full-time job um, a few months after that. I was still 
um, for some sort of legal reasons that you have to stay in some form of education until you're 18. I was still doing some part-time learning, but really that was just a box ticking exercise. And I was more focused on my career at that point and figuring out sort of how I progressed that. So yeah, I'm now 22, but I've been working for almost six years, which is not something that most 16 year olds can say. I've actually been working a lot longer than that, but in terms of like a professional, um, you know, my career, it's been five, six years so far. And, um, excuse me, you decided very early on that um, university wasn't for you. What was it that, um, how did you know so early? Yeah, I think it kind of comes down to what I was doing while I was at school. So while I was at school, I was teaching myself a lot of digital skills. So everything you can imagine, like copywriting, graphic design, web development, all of these sort of skills that would be very useful in, say, a marketing career or a business career, anything like that. And I was actually making some money doing that on the side, working from my laptop in my bedroom. And so knowing that there was the potential for me to do that, looking at, so say I was 14 or 15 at that time, knowing that I was going to have to stay in education for another eight years, nine years, 10 years, whatever that period would look like, really just didn't appeal to me as opposed to taking the path of just trying to learn as much as possible and progress as much as possible in those 10 years, knowing that I would come out of it without any student debt, being in a hopefully a good position in terms of my career, having much more time to actually understand what it is that I enjoy. I was reading something recently, and I'm sure I read something similar at the time that was that was a, a quote that something like 60% of university graduates would change the degree that they studied if they could go back uh-huh. and, and do that. And that was like a really sort of eye-opening thing for me to understand that if you were, to, I feel like if you were to separate the university experience, shall we say, you know, going and, li- you know, moving out at 18, going and partying, living with your friends, all of that side of yeah. it. If you were to separate that from the educational side of, okay, I'm actually paying an institution to learn something here. If you were to separate those two things, I don't think that people would have the same opinion of them both. I, I can see the appeal of the, the lifestyle side of it, but from an education perspective, yeah. knowing that, I mean, this is just according to one thing that I read, 60% of people would choose, would change what they studied if they could. That's yeah. like a really big eye-opener to me that if I'm going to stay in education for two years at, at sixth form and then another three, four, five, six, whatever years at university, I want to know that I'm doing that because I really know what I want to be doing at the end of it. And I didn't yeah. know what I wanted to be doing. I knew sort of the skill set that I had and where I thought that that could go. But in terms of like betting that that eight, nine, 10 years of my life and all the money that goes into that and all the time that goes into that on, I'm going to come out of this and really enjoy architecture or accounting yeah. or economics or yeah. being a math teacher or whatever those things could have been. I wasn't, I was never really that confident as that. Um, so yeah, I, I left school at 16 and sort of have been in the, the world of working ever since. And um, something that we spoke about when we were sort of doing the, the prep for the episode, because do do a little bit of prep um you spoke to me about being sat in an english class whilst at the same time you were already earning money writing web copy and that was fascinating to me um how did you kind of how did you feel being sat in a lesson taught this is english 
whilst at the same time you understood the business applications of English language and how to how to monetize that. Yeah, I, that's a really really interesting thought, and it's sort of at the time I was going for a broader realization, shall we say, that a lot of the things that you learn. Mm. aren't directly applicable to the skills that you'll end up using. So, for example, if you to look at the English um, education path of studying English at school and then going on to study English or journalism or anything like that, realistically, most people that are reading copy online, whether that's an article, a blog, mm. a product page, whatever that is, a social media description, yeah they have the reading age of a normal person, right? And so yeah. in my head, having the writing age of a normal person or the writing ability of a normal person was all that was enough. Yeah. And that really came to fruition when I started doing freelance copywriting, making relatively decent money, just writing random articles about honestly nonsense, but you know, <laughs> just like, or everything you can think of that I was writing about. At the same time, I was doing really, really poorly in English class. I had really bad spelling, really bad grammar, not very good at constructing thoughts in um, a readable way, or at least that's what I was being told. I just didn't have any passion for it. I didn't really enjoy yeah. reading literature or anything like that. Yet I would go home and I would be making 50 pounds in an evening, just writing some articles that, yeah. that, the person that was paying for them was super, super happy with. And they thought that the fact that I was a native English speaker was pretty much all the qualification that I needed. Um, yeah. And so that was just one example of many of where, as I've gone through the sort of high school time and been taught various different things, I've, I've had a slightly different view of how useful those things are in terms of being practically applied to what I was doing outside of school. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 copywriting thing is quite funny. Yeah, and um, was there any expectation from your um, teacher? So when it came to doing post sixteen and and at school, I know there is that you are told this path you must do GCSEs, then you must do some form of education. What was the expectation from your teachers and parents, and what guidance did they offer you? Yeah, I think the sort of core principle of any school and the metric that they benchmark themselves on is how successful academically their pupils are. They'll, you know, being a college, they'll tell you, or, or even being a high school, they'll sort of quote how many percentage of pupils achieve X grade and colleges will yeah. do the same and universities yeah. will do the same. They'll never say how fulfilled are those people studying there or how much money yeah. do they go on to make? Maybe they do have universities, but it's not something that a high school really focuses on. All a high school focuses on is churning you into the next funnel of being a sixth form student or a college student. Yeah. And so there was always the expectation of someone that was relatively um, achieving on the, the academic side that yeah. naturally I'm going to go on to sixth form and then I'm going to go on to university. The same for my family. I, my family had a little bit more of an insight knowing all of the stuff I was doing outside of school. So I think they yeah. were more, of, um, you know, welcoming to the idea that sixth form or university wasn't for me, but from a school perspective, it was definitely what, like what are you what are you going to be studying at sixth form it wasn't are you going to go to sixth form what do you right. want to do further on and i remember i think i told you that i sat down for parents evening with my math teacher and yeah. she asked me this was at the time when you go through the process of selecting what you're going to be studying she asked me 
so Harry, are you going to study just maths or further maths as well? And at that point, I'd already decided and made the, the decision that I was going to leave school and told her that. And she was quite sh- surprised because presumably in her head, those are the only two options, right? Someone who's good at maths is either going to study double maths yeah. or just maths. Yeah. And there's no, there's no way that they're going to drop out of school. By at the time that I left school, I hadn't secured any job or really had any like concrete direction other than I know that this is the right path for me. So, yeah, I just think the whole, um, at least at the time, um, the, my school anyway was definitely set up in a, a funnel of you go from high school to sixth form to university. And they do that because they can then get more pupils by saying, look yeah. at all these high achieving um, results that we have. Yeah. And so what did you see your path as being? Like, so you didn't have a job as you left school, but you obviously had an idea in your mind of maybe what you wanted out of life or what might be next. What did that look like? Yeah, so at the time, most of the skills that I had sort of self-learned or had been interested in learning pretty much all revolved around marketing. It's yeah. one of the few areas that I see that you can the practical side is much more important than the theory you know if you're studying a law degree that's all about the theory or you know there's a lot of theory that you have to learn there whereas a marketing um a marketing career is something that you can have a decent starting point and just get incrementally better and better so leaving school that was what i was looking for really i was looking for an entry-level marketing job and that's what i ended up getting so i left school probably June, July, whenever exams finish, I had the summer to continue working on my my own projects and just enjoying the summer. And then by the time that it was November, December, that's when I then started my full-time job. And that was as a marketing, sort of like entry-level marketing role where I learned pretty much the full spectrum of what you might consider marketing, which was a really good starting point, I think. And so um, how did you get that job? Yeah, interesting. I don't remember exactly. I'm sure that the way I approached it was probably load up some like jobs website like Indeed or something and yeah. start searching and seeing what was interesting. Living yeah. where I where I grew up just outside of York, I didn't have very many options. It was quite yeah. a big commute into the city of York itself and even in within York there wasn't much opportunity compared to now living in London. Obviously it's a huge city. There's just much more, much more going on. Um, So yeah, I, I assumed that I just went through the process of looking on jobs websites. I then went in and met them. And I think at the time I, I don't think I'd actually got my grades back at all. So it was much more based on what I'd been doing so far, what skills I'd learned, what I wanted to do. Um, But yeah, that was a really, I think great first job for me, but I always knew that it wasn't what I wanted to be doing forever. And I quite quickly sort of knew that, that, that wasn't, that wasn't what I was going to be doing in five years time. Say, Yeah. And you went to them at 16, just after 16 with a, with a portfolio already. Because you're working at school. Yeah, exactly that. So I could at 16 or 14 or 15 or whatever, I could have said, this is the work that I've done. These are the skills I've got. This is what I think I can do for you. As opposed to really, you know, going into it cold of your first job of not having any background. It's more, I'm willing to learn sort of thing. It wasn't just that it was, I've already done some learning and this is what I've learned and 
this is why I think I'm a good fit. And where did you go from that first job then? How do you get from York, just outside York to London, and from that first job to where you are today? Yeah, so I always wanted to move to London. That was like growing up in a small town. That was always like yeah. the that was like the the thing for me yeah. to focus on and my goal. So while I was in this first job, I started looking quite quickly at jobs down in London and found a marketing agency down there, read up about them, thought that they were doing really interesting things. It was exactly the kind of profile of company that I'd want to work for. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in doing that, I realized that they had an office in Leeds and Leeds, for those that don't know, is much closer to York than London. It's about 30 minutes on the train as opposed to two and a half hours, two hours. Um, And so I went and interviewed there. They offered me the job. And then at 18, I moved out, moved into Leeds by myself. So that was still at the age when I would have been at college. So I'd literally just turned 18 and got my own place, started working there, eventually moved down to London while working at the same company so that was great that I could take the leap into living in the city I've always wanted to without the risk of changing a job at the same time Um, and then I uh, six months seven months or so ago I changed jobs to where I am now right and um, so you left home at 18 and started renting somewhere to live I take it yeah amongst your friendship group (laughs) How many other people were doing that? (laughs) Not very many. Um, I I guess when you go to university, you're still 18 and you kind of move out at that point. It's not quite the same, but um, definitely at the time that I did it, when everyone else was studying for their A-levels, they were doing mock exams and I was trying to figure out how to pay my rent, what bills I need to pay, where in the city I should be living, how to afford a deposit, all of this sort of stuff. Um, Yeah. It was certainly very different than going to university, maybe living in university halls where it's all packaged together for you. You're living with other yeah. people. I was living by myself, so I wasn't yeah. I didn't I wasn't moving into an existing environment where it was all sort of set up. So yeah, it was yeah. it was very different, but also it was exactly what I think I needed and what I wanted as well. Yeah. And um how did you find that process of um so um I guess I've had on previously said that the biggest shock for him when he was, I think, 18, as he said, he felt he didn't realise what was involved in actually being an adult. This was how he described it. He, he, he was kind of like, oh, my goodness, there's all this stuff I have to learn. And uh, now I just need to do it. Did you find, how did you find that process? Yeah, definitely, absolutely the same as him So or, or them. Um Whereas now, if I was to move house, I know exactly what to do. It's just yeah. doing the same that I'm already doing. The first time I was literally Googling uh, how to pay council tax, how to how to, how to to yeah. sign up to be registered to vote, um, how to change my address on my bank account. Literally all of these things that you don't even know you need to do. I was yeah. sort of having to go through the process of discovering them. And there were some mistakes that I made, like um, getting the wrong type of house insurance and maybe paying more than I needed to, or yeah. not being as savvy about my internet provider that I was picking or electricity plan, all of these yeah. things that, like I said, when you go to university, you may not have to think about that. And I yeah. didn't know that I needed to think about those things because they just had never crossed my mind. Luckily, I obviously had my family around me to say, you know, what do I need to do here? How does this work? Um, But there were definitely a few things that I could have made 
the wrong decision on looking back and I remember you said to me you'd made a very conscious decision about car ownership um and I wonder if you could share that because it 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 appears to me that you are financially astute or financially literate in a way that not everyone is um even (laughs) yeah I'll just kind of leave it there but there are people that I know that are perhaps more my age who I'm quite as financially literate as you are so I'd love for you to share a bit of that yeah so I don't drive I've never driven I don't have a driving license or a car or anything like that and I knew that that would be the case from even before you you were possible it was possible that I could drive I always looked at it living in a small town outside of a city living outside of the town even um having a car is definitely very very useful but the way that i looked at it was that most of the people that get cars that car is a significant overinvestment in something so say a car costs a starter car i don't know because i obviously didn't have one but say it costs a few thousand pounds for most people who are 16 17 that is all the money that they have in the world and they're choosing to place it in something that gets them from a to b well knowing that i always wanted to live in a big city like london where i think that having a car is actually a disadvantage in terms of right now where i live and where i travel to if i was having to figure out where to park and how to get there through all the traffic it just wouldn't be worth it so i knew that i would rather save all of that money and Mm -hmm just go through the pain of taking public transport. So for my first job, for example, I was commuting an hour and a half each way. That could have been a 30 minute car ride, but that 30 minute car ride would have cost me, I don't know if you factor in like the cost of the car and the insurance and the petrol, maybe 10 pounds a day. To me in my head, that was like such an enormous waste of money. And actually I, in that extra hour and a half that I'm losing quote unquote by not driving to work I was still able to uh, read the news read a book catch up Mm. on something it wasn't exactly dead time to me so yeah I always made the conscious decision not to drive and I think that for most people the amount of money they spend on such a young age on a car is just Mm -hmm. ridiculous especially when people start financing cars and they definitely go above their means in terms of trying to look bigger than they are they'll yeah. very quickly realize that they've just wasted all of that money. Um, yeah. So yeah, driving wasn't for me. And and it feels like there's like you, you're really, um, I guess, confident in your own skin and in your own abilities, like acknowledging that this educational path that we're told is the best, wasn't right for you. And you could challenge that and create a career path that worked for you. And then there is this, you know, I'm living with it at the moment. My daughter will be 17 next year. And they all talk about, right, who's going to drive first? Who's going to have a car first? Um, So it's definitely become just something that is expected. Um, And you're challenging that, saying, well, actually, what a waste of money. Or you don't have have to do things that way. Um, Where do you think that kind of comes from? Yeah, I think with all of these things, there's definitely an element of, I don't know if I'd say peer pressure, but definitely thinking like you have to do something because that's the that's the status quo. That's just what's expected of you. So I remember like going out to a club and I used to use my passport for ID and people would be like, ah, you don't have a driving license. 
the way that I would look at it is, yeah, but I have all of this money that you don't have because you're spending all this money on a car. I, yeah. I just never really cared about the way that people saw what was expected. The same with going to university, right? Lots of people yeah. will look down on me for not having even a A-level a qualification. Mm-hmm. But the way that I look at it is that I've had all this time to not only get ahead in my career, but save up all that money and not have any student debt. So to me, that is a, a massive win, whereas to other people, it's more of the um, their expectation is just quite a bit different. So yeah, it, through education or owning a car or probably all of the other outside uh, perspective weird things that I do I just don't care what those people think because it's just the way that I want to to do it and that's I'm happy with that and and it's great that um as you said you know you're living in London and you've managed to advance your career have you ever found that not having a degree or not having a levels has got in your way or that people assume you have them when you don't I think in a way it's gotten away, but at the same time, I also think it's a massive advantage. I think as soon as someone gets to know who you are Mm. and they realize that you've done all of that off your own back and you've sort of gone out and really made what you wanted to actually the, the, what they come away with is a much better impression of you as just a generic 22 year old who's just got out of university. Sure. You've got a degree. It's not really that impressive anymore. Um, so I think in some parts it's definitely been limiting. For example, if I wanted to work for a bank, if I wanted to get into investment banking, they, that's the sort of business that still has, or to my understanding still has those requirements of you need to have a degree. Maybe even you need to have a degree from a specific university. The same thing for if I wanted to pursue any sort of like role that required a qualification like Mm. finance or law or architecture or anything like that. Sure, it's, it's definitely harmed me there. But in terms of the people that I like to surround myself with and the people that I want to be working for I think that the kind of mindset that they have definitely um, doesn't doesn't uh, see me any differently or any worse for not having those those qualifications or that background and what do you think because you, you just sort of struck a chord with me there thinking about like you said the people that you choose to work with or a couple of times you said you were looking for you know which company is doing interesting things um or seeing what's out there that's interesting um and i wonder what you found so um the people that you work with today and when they decided to bring you into the organization what do you think it it was that they sort of saw in you or what it is that they look for in people that isn't about that having a specific degree yeah, really interesting question. I think ultimately what I respect in people is that they are much more interested in what you can do for them, not what you have done. So whether that's what your prior education has been or whether it's what companies you've worked for before, I think it's much more important to look at what's that person going to do for you. Um, yeah. There's plenty of examples that I know of where people have worked for or have studied at prestigious universities and actually they're just not very good at the jobs that they've trained in even the same thing for where they've worked before the people that have worked at huge huge companies that really 
um, you know, in your head, you associate that company with hiring the best talent and you just assume that they are the same thing and you find out that that's not the case for everyone. So I'm much more interested in working with people and for people that have that mindset of, if you can do good things for me, that's what I'm looking for, as opposed to caring too much about where you've come from or what you've learned or what you've done before. Yeah. I love that. Cause then you're not turning up saying, look, look I've got this. And, and they go, and <laughs> well, but what can you bring to me? So I really, I think that's, that, that just is right. It just sums it up really brilliantly. Um, what do you think if like you were speaking to a young person, you know, who's saying, oh, God, do my GCSEs. I don't think or I know I don't want to go to university. How do I approach the next phase of my life? What what advice would you give to young people uh, looking to maybe follow a path like yours? I think probably the most important thing that really anyone should do whether they're leaving school at 16 or they've got a phd is try and speak to as many people as possible who are doing the things that they want to do or that they think they want to do try and figure out what they did to get there what advice they would have i mean you can go and sort of like craft your own path like i have a little bit but there's so much value in speaking to someone who's been there and done it and figuring out what mistakes they made, what they would avoid, what they would advise you to do. I would never just blindly follow anyone's advice, but when you're speaking to a lot of people, patterns will emerge. And those are the things that I would be really interested in. It's really difficult to know what you want to do when you're so young. Um, and yeah. so I went through for a few years, a really um, sort of like, I not I wouldn't say I struggled, but I really put a lot of thought into okay. Well, with this skill set that I have, or the skill set that I think I have, there's maybe ten different careers that I could pursue. So I went out there and tried to speak to people doing those different things to figure out okay, what has your path looked like? Also, quite interestingly, what does your salary progression look like? That's something that for me has always been really important and is definitely. Yeah. Um, gate kept a little bit in terms of yeah. it's very hard to figure out if so even if you're looking at say a very marketing specific career like being a a marketing analyst versus a business analyst yeah. the career potential there will be huge or the difference in the potential will be huge but yeah. knowing which is the right path i think is really important as early on as you can so yeah my advice is just to try and speak to as many people as you can go out of your comfort zone just try and punch above your weight email someone that you've always wanted to speak to you'd probably be surprised about how many people are willing to offer advice um and keep doing that throughout your entire career because things change obviously the people that are leading those spaces change their background changes um the paths into those careers change as well but Definitely, I think the most important thing is trying to get as much advice as possible from a big range of people. Brilliant. I love that thing about what does a salary progression look like? Because I don't see that anywhere, really. It it could be like, well, if you're going to pursue blah, you might earn this when you graduate. But there's nothing about, you say, what is the bigger, longer term picture? Um, the next question that I had for yours, ah, oh, this six, I knew you'd have a great opinion on this, is what could, what do you think the education system could do better to support young people 
<laughs> I think that, that that's probably, I, I think, because I think some of the things that you've spoken about that you learned by doing, it doesn't matter if you're going to go to uni or not go to uni, it would be, it would have been useful to be taught that sooner, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think in terms of what would it be useful to be taught sooner rather than having to go out and learn the hard way or never yeah. learn at all, in the worst case, is anything practical about your life from finances, taxes, investments, any anything all the way through to like, I don't know exactly how they would teach this in school, but just general life skills of like, how do you clean your oven or do your washing properly like all of these things that your parents definitely teach you but there's yeah. there's definitely a lot that's left for you to learn by yourself and those that's probably a, a less important example than something like personal finance where lots of people go out like i said and finance a car or rent a, a property that's too expensive or go out drinking too much or just aren't yeah. financially responsible and having that learning earlier on sets yeah. you up for a drastically different life if you put this the same person earning the same amount throughout their entire career two of them in a room one of them goes out and irresponsibly spends money and the other is much more reserved still enjoys their life but definitely knows yeah. where the, the line is they're yeah. going to have a drastically different life in 10 15 20 years and in terms of maybe it's different at college and university but definitely at the point that I left school that was not taught at all and I think the reason for that isn't just the curriculum it's that the people teaching it also aren't set up that way themselves um, one thing that I always think is really important when it comes to any kind of educational learning is learning it from the people that you would want to be in their position the people that have been there and done that not that the people who've just learn a curriculum off by heart and they're reciting a presentation that the rest of their department floats around it's the people that are speaking from real experience are still experiencing those things still their thoughts are still relevant and evolving with the times um but yeah definitely in terms of what's missing i think it's that practical element of how do you just put yourself in the best possible position to succeed in life in a way that isn't related solely to what you know educationally it's more about the yeah. practical skills yeah that's fantastic and i think i remember my first hard lesson about apr uh only happened once with a credit card but i never forgot that lesson <laughs> but had i known it in advance uh i might not have spent so much money in new look at the time it was um but i see it coming now with all of those like payday or um those apps is it well, yeah, buy now, pay later. I think yeah. that's actually yeah. a perfect example where I'm, I really dislike buy now, pay later things because they definitely promote poor spending habits. I was yeah. actually on delivery the other day ordering some dinner and you can pay for your delivery in installments. And that mm -hmm. kind of just made me realize that we like it's just almost so messed up that people think that that's the best way to spend their money. That yeah they should be spending you know the little money that they supposedly have on something that's massively over overinflated in terms of cost that yeah. if you had a real good understanding of how that actually impacts your finances you may not yeah. make the same decision so yeah great great point about um things like apr and yeah. spreading payments and stuff like that yeah um and finally um if 
if it's not, you know, I don't want to ask you to share anything that's not been like uh, publicly shared yet. But I was, what what do you think might be next for you? Have you got a sense of because there's a lot of long term planning and thinking in here? Um, is there anything? Yeah, I have a I have a really good idea of what's next for me. I don't want to oh. say because I don't yeah. want to jinx it. But yeah. what I would say coming back to what do I think is important for yeah. people just starting in their career. If at any point you don't know what's next and more importantly, what you're going to do to get there, that should be your number one priority. You're not, you're not going to get to where you want to be if you don't know where that is or how you need to get there. It's not going to happen organically or it's very unlikely and it's going to take much longer than if you actually go out there and yeah. try and uh, not, cal- not in a calculated way, but have some idea of, okay, these are the things that I need to do. These are the things that I need to learn. I want to go to my boss and be able to say this at the end of the year, because this is what I want to happen. Or I want to go to my new boss, my next boss, whoever that may be, and say, these are all the things I've done. This is why I'm deserving of a job here. Um, I've always had like a really detailed financial plan of exactly month by month, even how much money, and not that finance is the only important thing in a job, but it's one thing. um, And I've always had a plan for it. And I've always been very careful that, um, you know, I've always been very mindful of trying to know, okay, well, if I want the job that I want in the future, whatever that may be, what skills do I need to learn? How do I need to position myself? And I think doing that, really um integrates well with what i was saying before about speaking to people who you want to have a similar you know future to and understanding what they did because it's a lot easier to know what you need to do if you know what you need to do right um it's just it's just a great thing to be able to have a plan written down obviously you don't have to stick to that if you don't achieve that that's fine it's just a finger in the air guess of this is what I want to be doing, but not having any idea, I think it's really, really damaging. And it, it's just likely that you're going to, you're going to stay in the same job for five years. You're not going to yeah. be as happy as you potentially could be if you, if you had the idea of what you wanted to do. Um, and it served me well so far. So that's what I would say um, on that. Brilliant. Um, well, it's a good life lesson for anybody, I think right there. Um that's great, Harry. Thank you so much for giving me some of your time. Um, if people want to learn more from you, is there anywhere that they can find you? Or <laughs> um, not particularly. I guess on LinkedIn, like you said, yeah. you saw my post a few months ago. Yeah. I don't. I don't post too much, but when I do, it's usually about something that I care about and yeah. education or my my path is something that I'm quite passionate about. Um, so yeah, I guess LinkedIn. Yeah. Great. Well, I just I can't help but think that there will be more kind of life lessons coming from you soon. I can just see it. I think more young people need to hear what it is that you've learned so far. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Harry. Likewise, yeah, I appreciate your time as well. Okay. 